Uh, this morning I'm preaching on a culture of invitation. Invite your world. That's what I want to talk about. Invite your world. And this church uh, started uh, in 2008. This church was a church plant. So that's over 14 years ago now. So if you don't know what a church plant is, basically there is no church. It just starts from scratch. And Alice and I moved to Cardiff from London uh, two years after it started. We moved in the summer of 2010. And when we moved down, we reconnected with a lot of, a lot of friends that we knew um, because we used to live in Nottingham before we moved to London. And this church was started uh, from a church in Nottingham. And what happened in 2008 is a group of uh, about 18 people, that's adults and kids, moved down from Nottingham to start this church. And when we arrived here, we went to our first church service. This was in summer of 2010. And there weren't 18 people there. There was 90, more than 90 people in the room. And we were like, how's this happened? Where have they all come from? 18 had become best part of 100 people. And I remember chatting to our friends who had come down. Some of them are in the room today. And we'd be like, what, how did you do this? What's happened? And they would say things like, they just kind of smile, they shrug their shoulders and be like, well, we didn't know anyone. So we just had to get to know people. We had our friends around for dinner. We went round to their house for dinner. We went to work stews. We held work stews. We had parties. We went to parties. We just got to know people and we invited them in. And then Alice and I would also spend time with people in the church in those early days who we didn't know. They weren't friends of ours from Nottingham. New faces, people in the church. And we'd say to them, like, so how did you get involved in the church? How come, how come you're here? It's great to meet you. And more often than not, they would just reply simply by saying, well, well, someone invited me. Someone invited me to come along. So we're now 14 years into this journey as a church. But our culture of invitation remains as strong today as it was back then. We are an invitational people. We invite our world. That is a phrase you will hear a lot in this church. We invite our world. It's in the DNA of this church that we exist for those that have come, but also for those that are yet to come. And we know that if no one gets invited, then there's a good chance that no one comes along. And we take it seriously. It says, Jesus said this very clearly, right at the end of Matthew's Gospel. We take it seriously his command, uh, Matthew 28, 19, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We take that really seriously in this church. And one of the ways that we respond to that command to go and make disciples is we invite. We invite people in, and we also invite ourselves into the lives of others. And a life of invitation is something that we see in the heart of Jesus' ministry. He talks about it, he, like, he uses the imagery, say, in a lot of his parables of like, things like a feast, and the idea of lots of people being invited in. So he talked about it, but he also he demonstrated it. The way that he called people into his life, and he, put, he invited himself into the lives of others. And there are countless examples of that across, across the Gospels, the, the accounts of Jesus' life on earth. There's the moment, for example, where he invites the disciples out of their fishing boats to come and follow him. We see that in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 4. So Simon, Peter, uh, sorry, Simon, Peter, then Andrew, then James and John, they all say yes to his invitation and they follow him. Or we see him inviting himself into the lives of people like Mary and Martha and Lazarus 
the Samaritan woman at the well. I could go on. Or in Luke 19, we see him directly invite himself into the household of Zacchaeus. And in that moment, declares that salvation has come to that house in that day. So we, there's so many examples of this in the life and ministry of Jesus. Today, what I want to do is we want to look at one specific example. And we're going to look at the story of Levi. Levi. So if you've got a Bible with you, grab it now. If you don't, don't worry. It'll be on the, uh, on the screen behind me. This is Luke chapter 5, starting at verse 27. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him, and Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have come to call the righteous. Sorry, I have not come to call the righteous. I haven't even been worshipping all 24 hours. Apologies. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So there we go. Just two words and one simple invitation. And Levi has his life irrevocably turned on its head. Follow me. Follow me. Just leave leave that on the screen just for a moment. Follow me. How do you read that? Is that a command by Jesus? Is it a request? Or is it more of an invitation? Perhaps... As you read it, there should almost be a question mark after it. It strikes me that so many of the people that Jesus encountered didn't follow him. Jesus wasn't the kind of guy who just insisted. He invited. I have three observations that we can draw upon from this story of Levi. Observation number one. First, we learn not to assume that the answer is always no. First, we learn that the answer isn't always no. How many times do we do that in our life? I know that I, for one, have a real tendency to do this. I'm the kind of person who I'm always like, I I say things like, I totally understand if not. Absolutely no worry. You know, I put that in all my messages. When I ask someone to do something or invite someone, I I assume they're going to say no. And I put that caveat in. Anyone else do that or is that just me? Yeah. Don't worry. It's fine. It's fine. Don't want, to, don't want to inconvenience you. Don't want anything awkward. Well, Levi has no written all over him. So for context, this is a guy who has chosen to operate on behalf of the occupying Roman kind of um, force regime. He's collecting taxes for them. Uh, and he's collecting taxes from his own Jewish community that he comes from. He's doing it for his own wealth and material gain. So in, in light of that role, he would likely to have been seen as a very immoral individual. He would have been seen as a collaborator, potentially even a traitor, really. It's likely he would have been totally socially isolated and, and frowned upon from the community in which he grew up in. So in my mind, Levi was a person it would have been easy to look on from the outside 
and think, well, he won't be interested in changing his ways. He's a guy who is very likely to say no. His heart is hard. He's only interested in money. And moreover, when you look at Levi, he might have been the kind of guy that you wanted to say no anyway. I'm not sure we want to invite him in. He's a collaborator. He's a traitor. Do we even want him to say yes? I'm not sure we want his sort with us and around here. Levi has no written all over him. And yet, in an encounter with Jesus, as is always the case, it transforms the whole picture. It reminds me of a story that Alice and I often go back to. Uh, Erwin McManus is an author and a church pastor many of you would have heard of. And in his testimony, I'll, I'll paraphrase it, he's a guy that basically, his, his journey to faith for many years, like particularly as a teenager, he would say that he was vehemently against faith, against Christianity, almost like a really kind of, you know, you almost would have been scared to talk to him about it. You might not have invited him to anything. And yet he said that after he came to faith, and as he recollects that and reflects on, on his journey, he said this, on the outside, I was a hard no. But on the inside, I was a desperate yes. A desperate yes. And this is what Jesus sees in this moment with Levi. Behind that corrosive desire for money, beyond the social isolation and rejection. In Levi, there is a desperate yes. Is there a person in your life right now that you sense actually behind the hard no, there is a desperate yes? Perhaps that's you this morning. Perhaps you're sitting here right now. And actually, that's why you're here. Did you know somewhere deep down there's a desperate yes for Jesus this morning? For us as a church, let us be a people that believe that those around us want to say yes. And let's invite them in. A second observation on the story with Levi. One invitation leads to many invitations. One invitation leads to many invitations. Verse 29. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. So Jesus invites Levi into life with him, and then Levi invites many others into his life with Jesus. So when we talk about being a people of invitation, what does that actually mean? What, you know, what are we inviting people to? What are we inviting people into? Well, primarily, we are inviting people into life with Jesus. And that's what Jesus did himself with Levi. But there is something else. We are also inviting people into, into our lives. And our lives look like Jesus. They are lives that bring life, they bring hope, they bring transformation. They bring the things of Jesus. Levi has encountered Jesus and left his life behind to follow him. And now he wants his friends, his colleagues, the other tax collectors, he wants them to meet Jesus too. So what does he do? He invites them into his life. He invites them into his world. He throws a big party for them. And who's there? Well, Jesus is there. Jesus is there with him. Our world will encounter Jesus when they spend time with those who are living their lives like Jesus and living their lives for Jesus. 
let me ask you, how did you come to be here today? If you're here, sitting here this morning and you're a Christian, how did you come to be a Christian? If you've been part of this church for a while, how did you come to be part of this church? If you're here for the first time today, how did you come to be here this morning? Just take, just take, just a moment or two, just think, how did that actually happen? For many of us, somewhere in that answer will be because at some point, someone invited you. It might be a parent. It might be a sibling. It might be a spouse. It might be a friend. It might be a colleague. It might be a teammate. It might have been a stranger on the street. For me, it was my older sister. I knew I'd get emotional talking about this, so bear with. I just knew it would happen. My older sister. She was part of a church youth group. And every Sunday, she'd be like, come along. She's two years older than me. She'd be like, come along. I know. And she invited me every week, probably for about 18 months. And eventually I did. And then she used to go to Soul Survivor. So if you're not familiar, Soul Survivor is like a Christian youth conference that's now evolved into other conferences. Uh, it's a fantastic event. She invited me along to that every year. No, but eventually I did. She invited me along, and eventually I went. Now, I haven't got time to go into all my testimony, but I've been following Jesus for many years now. And a key part of the story is that my sister invited me into her life with Jesus, and somewhere along the line, my life with Jesus started as well. Her invitation resulted in me inviting many others. Invitation is contagious. So over the years, sometimes I invite people to church. Other times I don't invite them to church. Sometimes I say, come along and play football with the church guys. Wednesday's 8 o'clock, if you fancy it, you're all invited. Sometimes I invite people to say, like, what do you think about faith? What do you think about Jesus? Tell me what you think. At a bare minimum... Sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes it's very hard to invite people. But what I will do is, if there's nothing that they will say yes to in terms of what I can invite them to, I then just invite myself into their lives. They can't get rid of me. But I want, if they're not going to experience Jesus directly, then as a bare minimum, I want them to experience a life that is being lived for Jesus and a life that is hopefully living like Jesus. Now, almost like, for me to say that, I'm like, is that a little bit arrogant? Is that a bit presumptuous? But it's interesting, as I prayed that through this week, I'm like, no, like Philippians chapter 2, verse 15, for example. Who are we? We are children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. Our lives, when we live for Jesus and like Jesus, they will shine like stars in the universe. So sometimes we just have to invite ourselves into other people's lives. This is something I started doing 20 years ago when I became a Christian, and I've never really stopped. Although it does look different in different seasons of life. A third and a final observation. Invitation leads to transformation. Invitation leads to transformation. So what happens to Levi after he accepts Jesus' invitation? Well, he goes on to become a disciple. He goes on to become an apprentice to Jesus. He goes on to be known as Matthew. Strong name. 
like that one. And writes one of the gospel accounts. His life is never the same again in the best possible way. Levi goes on to become part of the family of God. He, he comes home. He leaves his tax-collecting booth and instead goes to live and abide in Jesus. This is who we are as a church. We are people who abide in Jesus. And we say, all are welcome. All are welcome. All are invited. Come and join us. Come and be part of our family and join us on this, on this journey with life with Jesus. As a church, we do not want to have a pharisaical spirit, one that draws up boundaries and barriers to entry. Look at, look at verse uh, 30. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belong to their sect complained to his disciples, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And that's us. Sinners who have turned to our saviour, Jesus. We are the spiritually sick who need the doctor. We need our saviour. It's in our mess and our brokenness that Jesus is the one in whom we find grace and restoration, the one on whom we build our lives. Jesus is at the centre of our church, and all are welcome and invited as we fix our eyes on him and we orientate our lives towards him. We are called to be a grace-filled community. We always say this, but come as you are. Come as you are. Don't stay as you are, but come as you are. Come one, come all. Come and belong. Belong before you believe, if you need to, but you can belong here. Come as you are. We do have a big party coming up. Alice has already mentioned it. We've got a big party coming up a week Friday, the 21st of October. It's in this building. Should be a fantastic night. Great music, a chance to dance. For some of you, I know that's a win. For some of us, not so exciting. We'll let the dancers dance. There'll be bar games downstairs. It's just going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a party. Invite your world. On the back of it, we're going to launch alpha courses across the, across the city for the term. It's a perfect chance to bring your friends, colleagues, housemates, teammates, coursemates, whoever it is. Come and be part of our church family for a night. Come and explore the Christian faith on the back of it. But it's not just the party. Every Sunday we are here. If they don't want to come to the party, invite them along on a Sunday. The chance to worship, hear the word of God, pray together, encounter the power of the Holy Spirit, all the things that we've had this morning. There is no other place I would rather be and there is no other place I would rather invite someone to. I was thinking about this recently. I, Alice and I had the joy... Um, some of you know, Alice and I both turned 40 in the last uh, couple of months. Difficult to believe, isn't it? In Alice's case, anyway. Yeah, and uh, in a good way, darling. I'm the, I'm the one that is old. Uh, and but for, for my birthday present, Alice, very kindly, we, we got tickets to see Hamilton in the West End. Yeah, it was so good. I don't say how good it was. Anyway, it was so good. But we had a standing night, you know, two hours in the theatre. Just loved it. You know, it was like mesmerising. 
but then it ends. Or like for me also, so I love going to the theatre, or I, many of you know I'm a big sports fan, I love going to watch a match. I love being in a football crowd or a rugby crowd or whatever it is. So, such good places to be. In an earthly sense, there are so many environments we can go into which are just wonderful, but they're temporary. And yet, is there anywhere you'd rather be than here? Church family, worshipping, praying, the power of the Holy Spirit. There is, in my mind, there is nowhere else I'd rather be. Week in, week out. Day in, day out. And that's what we invite people into. So invite people on a Sunday. Sometimes maybe invite them to a small group. I'm always amazed over the years. Small groups, you know, obviously into people's homes during the week. I always think, oh, that's probably the highest bar. Who would want to go to a small group if you're not a part of church? Over the years, I've been amazed at how many people actually they start with small group before they come here. Invite them into your homes. Invite them around for dinner. Maybe invite them onto a team. Again, in the history of the church, we've seen so many people come in and the first thing they did wasn't here on a Sunday or a small group. It was, I baked a cake for Blend on a Saturday morning for asylum seekers and refugees. Or I helped do the grow baby packages and parcels. Or I come on and invite them to serve at food crop on a Tuesday. Just invite people in. Invite people into our world. I need to finish. Let me just finish where I started. This church was 18 people. We arrived, it became 90, and now it's a multi-site church across the city. Those that were yet to come came along. They were invited in, and there are many more still to be invited. So let's keep inviting. <laughs>